and welcome to Escaping Kerberos, the podcast where we rewatch, reminisce, and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to present. My name is Rich, and I'm joined by someone who once sneezed out her brain. It's Amy. <laughs> I've never done that. I are I are you sure? I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain. Okay, from here on out, if you have a brain fart, instead it's a brain sneeze. I sneeze so, out farts, but I don't sneeze out brains. Sh- sure. <laughs> and, on, and on that bombshell, welcome to Planet of the Ood. It's a bit chilly, grab your coat, even though it's July. Uh, so, standard procedure to all of you Castapodians listening, we're going to get it out of the way now. Hello, Sorry. welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, it has been a bit of a while. Obviously, we posted on Twitter yeah. and said, you know, we're going to have to put the podcast on hold for a moment because let me tell you, it's been bloody busy in yeah. the house in the house of Hudson at the moment it's it's been you know this year it all good intentions this year to be like right we're gonna stick to the podcast we're gonna do it better etc etc we were really on it we felt like we started really well and then it's like uh, yeah guys you two are getting married this year <laughs> you, you gotta remember that takes a lot of planning yeah it Shoot. does and not just planning but like every single weekend of oh hang on a minute we've got to go and do bridesmaids dresses oh hang on a minute we've got to go and get rings sorted oh hang on a minute mum's got to go and get a hat and shoes and bag and oh hang on a minute i've got wedding dress fitting you have no idea how much time this is this is also on top of 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 our of of amy's sister my to-be sister-in-law and one of amy and i's closest friends from university who are both also getting married which means Amy's off doing all sorts of mm-hmm. dress fittings anyway. Yeah. So it, it's out. all it's it's all happening. Like yeah. and even just down to general like weekend stuff. Like I think genuinely this weekend has been the first weekend probably since we last recorded, which was the end. I think it was the which, end of March. Which by the March. way was the no, 15th of March, so middle of March. Yeah. <laughs> has been this is like no no word of a lie and i'm not exaggerating it's been the first weekend that we've actually had time to do mm. the podcast because we've had so much on be it you know going back home for me back to lincolnshire for, for reason x reason y and reason z mm-hmm. um commitments that we can't back out of um and just general stuff like i said yeah. there's a lot there's a lot going on for us I mean, uh, like I said, my sister's getting married literally five months after us, near, just under six. So it's all so packed in at the moment. And then our best friend is getting married a year after that. So there is literally like no time to recuperate at the moment. And it's like my mum's birthday this weekend. And we've had like Father's Day and just... It, like our birthdays and Rich's sister's birthday like we can't even tell you how busy we have been and every weekend we've been like god we really really need to get back to the podcast <laughs> I mean it's like I don't I don't want to like say we're gonna do it better but like 2024 is gonna feel borderline empty compared to this year I know like I know. not irrelevant of the wedding just there's been so so much going on in our lives mm-hmm. um stuff that you'll hear about in the future like yep. Jesus Christ it's been busy so as we always say, thank you for bearing with us. Um, we're very, very. I'm so happy to be back on it today. I really am. Like even after just watching the episode, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm ready to jump back on this next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, bash next out. weekend. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, we've we've also got stuff next weekend as well. We, I don't. 
I don't think we have like another weekend free now for a while. <laughs> Maybe. Hang on. I'm going to have a look at my calendar. Oh, we have now. the 16th of July free. <laughs> Um, uh, which actually has got a podcast actually do you know what yeah we do 16th of july is free uh the weekend after we're kind of free the weekend after we're not uh then we're... so we've got a few but then to be fair we are only three months away from the wedding now so yeah. I, I almost don't want to bookmark things in well, with us being like the, so currently close. currently what we have in the because i know we said at the top of the year that we'd put we'd put in our calendar specific dates for podcasts we've almost managed to kind of realign ourselves with them mm, a after, bit. as of this one so hopefully the next few i think we're going to really push to try and get done because we'll we are i think the next couple that i could see on my calendar just now they do look doable Mm-hmm. Unless something comes up and gets in the way, which, which knowing us will. normally will. Um, but we're back today. We've just sat down and watched Planet of the Ood. We've had a very busy weekend already, but today we've had the chance to just sit down and do it. So we're back. Welcome, Welcome. back to Escaping Gustavus. I hope you've had a great summer so far, and I hope you've all been doing well. I hope you've all been taking care. And you're all, you're all being good and keeping mm-hmm. cool in the heat. I know we haven't really got it at the moment, but we have done. Uh, and I hope, yeah, thank you again for bearing with us. But we're here. I would like to know if anybody is listening to these, like binge watching them because they find us like midway through. How often do we go, <laughs> hi, we've been gone for a while. Welcome I back. Because it's pretty much we, every episode. The fact the that we moment. only did like four episodes last year, it was like every episode was like, oh, sorry, no. sorry, 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 sorry. I feel like we should just ban the apologies because every episode is just us do, do you know what? going do you know what you know what we're busy souls uh, i think the reason i think the reason why we've always been very open and transparent about this is because not to bash on my previous employer but whenever anything changed at what culture it was radio silence and it uh-huh. used to annoy me to death that people were not given at least the the the, the um the word Respect. has completely left me yeah you know um to, just to actually keep them in the loop Mm-hmm. as to what's going on and that always used to wind me up at what culture when things would yeah. just change or things would get canned and we don't actually make that transparent with mm-hmm. um the audience and that's and that's why we do it because at the end of the day while you know you know yeah it's like you don't owe us anything we don't owe you anything we just we just like making this podcast and we love hearing the fact that you guys enjoy it that is mm-hmm. that's the that's the long and short of it but we i would always want to be transparent with you it's how i always do my youtube videos is how i always do twitch you know, I did Twitch, I should say, um, and I'd rather keep it that way. So even if it does sound like a broken down record, I'd rather be telling you that we apologise for being so late <laughs> rather than just pretend like nothing happened. Yeah. And, and sort of, you know, I, I don't want you to perceive us as being, you know. Crap. Uh, yeah, that, uh, but complacent in, that, yeah. um, in, in our tardiness, I should say. So, you know, that that's that's the reason why we always go down this route. We always start the first sort of 10 minutes of the podcast saying, sorry for being so slow. Yeah, because believe ah. me, we do sit there every, like, week and go, can we fit the podcast in this weekend? And nine times out of ten, it's no, because we're busy. Like, this so weekend we're in on. London for Rich's sister's show, and then it's her graduation, but my mum's birthday, and I've got my first wedding dress fitting on Friday. So it's all a bit scary at the moment. The and weekend after we, we are... are the weekend after we can do we're free relatively um, which is we've good. got rich's don't, work party on the friday so probably don't hold us to that saturday but you know we could <laughs> still be doing it and then we might 
the weekend after that, I, I'm afraid the podcast won't be happening because I'll be busy playing Remnant 2 for the entire okay. weekend. So, you know, sorry Aren't about I that. busy the weekend after that anyway? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think we are. Something Either like way. Uh, no, isn't let's... that the weekend we're going to Hannah and Andy's? I'm not yes, sure. Yes, it is. Yes, it <laughs> okay. is. The weekend after that. Okay, okay, anyway, let's get your coats on. Let's go to the Planet of the Ude. Series 3, episode... No, sorry, Series 4, episode 3. That's the right way around. I mean, I went to the bookcase to get the Blu-ray down and I pulled out series three and it's like, <laughs> no, wait, we're on series four. Oh, we're God, past I'm, that now. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so behind. Like, mm-hmm. Christ, I need to keep on top of this. Um, but yeah, so aired on the 19th of April, 2008. So we would have been roughly about the right time if we'd, if we'd recorded this when we initially were supposed to. Good Back in 2008, only uh, 15 years ago. Oh my god, that's not okay. Good gravy. We were Good in year, we were in year eight, getting closer to the end of the year, you know. Christ. Start you know, GCSEs were start like our, our our choices for um our GCSEs were starting to creep into our minds as to what we might want to do. All mm. that sort of stuff back in old two thousand and eight. Lovely stuff. The iPhones iPhone one was only out for a year at that point. Oh yes. great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Disgusting stuff. But uh, instead, it's it's actually forty one twenty six, and the Doctor and Donna have gone and randomised the TARDIS controls, and they've ended up on this planet that's very cold and, and full of ood and business types being pricks. As um, per you, she you know. Yeah, as per you. Earth never changes. Well, exactly. Fantastic. And I, I, I think that's a good uh, sort of a starting starting point, point for for this, and that's the. The general point of this episode is to it's a, it's it's a wrap up because I mean we don't have any more Ood centric episodes after this, don't we? I don't think. Obviously, the Ood still appear. From, yeah. You know, now and again, obviously they Ood Sigma, which we'll talk about later. You, it crops up quite a bit over the rest mm-hmm. of the Tenant uh, era. We have the Ood that lives on house in the Doctor's oh, wife. Oh yeah. We have the Ood that ends up on Tectayun's ship in Flux. In I've series literally 13. forgotten exactly <laughs> who just that is. Blanked it, you just blanked <laughs> it from your mind. Oh, tech, was that the... The te- at the end of the series, th- it's the end of Flux, when the Doctor ends up on the ship in between worlds, the Division ship. Yeah. And uh, old, um, what are they called? Oh, God, they've left me. Uh, not Lapis and Lazuli, the other Teeth ones. Teeth Face. No, oh, that's not them. No, Swarm and Azure. Oh, yeah. Swarm and Azure crop up and kill Tectayun, and there's just that Ood that, for some reason, just doesn't look right. It looks like mm. the Ood looked a bit weird in that one, but, like, mm-hmm. we see the Ood from now and again, but Planet of the Ood is really where things wrap up, because, obviously, the Ood were a were a Russell T. Davies concoction. Yes. Uh, though this episode was, writ- was uh, written by Keith Temple. Mm. Um, and this is kind of where their storyline wraps up, because it, it shows you the Ood sort of it's kind of the origin story but it's very much the the gritty aftermath it's like the rebellion of the origin story yeah um and yeah as amy says it it details the rebellion of the Ood after 200 years of slavery (laughs) the circle must be broken etc 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 yeah um and yeah going back to this it was i'd almost as we would say almost forgotten that it was this big revolt. I, I kind yeah. of, I, I did never really remember Planet of the Ood being the, not the tip of the iceberg, but the bottom of the iceberg for the Ood's mm. sort of character. Or the Ood I'm not going to lie, I kind of just forget about this episode on the whole. <laughs> Which sounds really bad, because I do that for a lot of them. If you know me, if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know that I do not have a retentive memory for things like this. I 
remember mostly important stuff, but my brain is so erratic. And no, I don't have ADHD, but my brain is very erratic when it comes to facts and things. Just so I have to have lists all the time because I if I if there's something important, it'll be forgotten in the next five minutes. So things like Doctor Who episodes just don't stick with me, whereas Rich is like the sort of osmosis character that just absorbs all knowledge. I'm a big sponge. <laughs> so I forget that this episode exists, but it's it's okay. Like It's arguably, yeah, it, out of series four, because, I mean, a lot of people point to series four as the pinnacle of, of New Who, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I will, we'll get back to that once we get to the end of the series. Uh, I obviously am still a big fan of series one. Um but yeah, I, I can agree. But I think Planet of the Ube might be one of the slightly more forgettable ones. Mm. And I think having watched it again just now, the thing that I think tips it over the edge of being almost forgettable is the really uncertain tone until about sort of halfway, two thirds of the way through and it starts to align itself down a particular direction. Yeah. Like I think the thing that kind of made me realise it almost immediately was when Donna whistled at the doctor instead of going, Doctor, there's a door. Mm-hmm. Like she just loudly whistles even though they know they're sneaking around. Yeah. And it seems like this really odd, you know, forced humour. Take something like, you know, when D early DC tried to emulate Marvel and just try to throw in jokes mm-hmm. as and when into the store, into the dialogue to, to, to get a laugh out of the audience. And it didn't always land. It doesn't always land with Marvel, admittedly, but they were definitely better at doing it. And it just seems like this really odd sort of way to... St- to that was that yeah. was the point when I kind of realised it was there. But then, as you pointed out at the start, the Doctor and Donna in the TARDIS, it was a really weird it's really slapstick. Awkward. It's like you watch them having this interaction and it's it's kind of like unnecessarily filled with this weird tension that's not like sexual tension or anything because obviously we know that that's not how the Dr. Donna operate but like you're kind of sitting there and you're like just just like take a few steps back from each other and kind of like get on with it because I kind of was sat there thinking oh I don't like this interaction because she was all kind of like oh this oh this oh this and the doctor's like oh my god this and it's kind of like what uh, like is this supposed to be another one of those moments where they've been on journeys one which we don't see or is this immediately after the last episode because i mean i've completely forgotten what the last episode was pompeii there you go so is this like immediately after or not because it doesn't seem like it would be because her general demeanor is so different to what it was in fires of pompeii yeah. it almost seems like they've had that time a bit like Rose and the Doctor did a bit like Martha and the Doctor did that we kind of like understand that they've had time together because you can see them like bouncing off each other a bit more but I don't know it didn't feel natural in this episode like last episode felt so much more natural than this like they were making pips at each other jokes at each other but this time felt so forced and I think you're right I think that's down to the pacing of the episode and probably just like the writer kind of thinking, okay, I need to make this the Dr. Donna character be a bit more bouncy, a bit more energetic. And so they kind of forced it in at times, like you said, with the whistle. Like I literally sat there and went, why the hell did she whistle at him and not just go, Doctor, there's a door? Because it was just the opportunity, like you said, it was just the opportunity to make a joke. And it was kind of like, yeah, I get it, but also not. Like there are much more natural ways in dialogue to get 
jokes in. Like the, oh, no, we're not married. No, no, no. Like, that's yeah, fine. absolutely. Because that works. It's a natural progression of the conversation. But to be sneaking around a unit and then go, like, wolf whistle is just... It's... Yeah, it just didn't... I don't know. Didn't gel. Didn't gel. I, I guess it's <laughs> it, it might be sort of testament to Keith Temple, the writer, not necessarily nailing the Dr. Donna dynamic. Because at this point, you know, when it was being written, there was only the the runaway bride to, to mm. go on really obviously russell would have had an idea as to what the overarching arc would be but old keith had to just kind of wing it a bit and try and mm. you know catherine tate is a very very capable comedian mm-hmm. um but this this script doesn't really lend itself to that when yeah. you're saying about the, the stuff at the start in the tardis i always think of that i don't know i can't think of whatever episode it is but that it cuts to a shot top down of the TARDIS, like almost the camera moving down the uh, the, the rotor. And yeah. there's the Doctor and Rose and the Doctor's just hammering at the controls. And he's like screaming something and there's a crash and they both kind of lean forwards and then fall backwards onto mm-hmm. the floor and then they both start laughing. Like that worked so well to sort of explain that sort of casualness of um the cut the, the the well couple at that point a yeah, basically yeah. couple at that point yeah. and also how comfortable the doctor feels and how comfortable rose is when the doctor's having to use a bloody hammer to get the tardis to do as it's told and she just laughs it off it's like that's mm-hmm. fine this felt like such a forced scene that if i were if i were graham harper the director at the time for that episode i'd have been like Catherine, can you just tone that down by like two or three notches because mm. you are like you're forcing this like happiness through gritted teeth and and fear in your eyes mm-hmm. like it just it just doesn't quite work so that kind of donna goes through so many motions in this so many emotions and emotions in this mm-hmm. episode she goes from being oh it's absolutely bastard freezing to uh oh you so sad oh they like it and then suddenly yeah. they're sneaking about and she's being all bubbly again and then she's bawling her eyes out at uh Oud's, Oud cry, Oud singing and then She's kind of all bitchy and and, and slapping it's about. It's very odd, isn't old, it? It's... Um, what's it? So it's like she's a bit all over the place in this yeah. story. It kind of feels like they didn't really, like you said, have the character nailed down because in I know that Donna is a bit erratic in that way. Like she can go from being this kind of like, oh, don't look, don't mess with me, sunshine kind of character, but she also. Like I said, in like one breath, she would suddenly go from being like, I don't want to do this anymore, to being like, yeah, this is fun. And it was kind of like, where was that natural progression? And I like, I get the element of her fighting for the Ood's well-being, because that made sense from a character like her. I think you get that emotional development come through okay. But it's the flip-flopping between... Her emotional standpoint, like you said, like one minute she's crying in the cage and then the next minute she's kind of like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to carry on all this thought. And I don't know, it just felt a bit disjointed. And there were moments throughout with every single character where I felt that. Um, the guard who just decides to play claw machine with the doctor, that was a very odd sequence. And I get it that it was a bit of time yeah. for that action. But like, what was it? And even so and even just shutting just shutting Donna into that ca- into yeah. that crate. Like they were the fact that they immediately went after the, you know what's it rocked up and and stopped uh, 
matey with the claw to, to mm-hmm. kill the doctor and they just handcuffed him it's like well then why didn't you do that to donna first i know that it's a it's a narrative point to put them in a bit of peril you've got donna trapped in a box with three you that, uh, that have got red eye and mm-hmm. then you've got you know david tennant in a gigantic claw machine and it's like yeah okay but what why? was the need for that I, yeah i think they had to try and inject peril into mm-hmm. this episode in the same way that you know matey guard who sets up the uh, the canisters puts his gas mask on four rude rock in you don't see anything happen then all of a sudden he's dropped his gas mask his mask he's not dead and he gets gassed to death it's like okay what yeah. happened there i mean you like, could obviously see the ood carrying it at one point where he goes give me my mask back which makes you assume that they've stolen it off him but also we don't get like you could have taken a little bit off of other areas to add to different scenes and it feels like if you'd have had an in like an interaction between him getting wrestled for his gas mask it would have shown you a little bit more of that rebellion side of things with them not just outright just killing them all the same way like them actually putting them into these different situations because they understand it's like we want to especially make this guy suffer yeah and it just shows you this kind of weird crazy side to several different people like you get the the guard the lead guard who goes that crazy face and then there was that one point when david was in the cage with them and all of a sudden he just goes what are you gonna do lock me in a cage <sighs> at, the, at the thing and it was kind of like yeah what the hell was that it's about? a bit weird <laughs> i think for, from what it seems for what i know the original plot for this was a lot darker and one mm. of the things i was thinking over the course of watching it again was this episode could work to be a lot darker mm-hmm. you know it's a, obviously it's a slavery episode we've had the ood but they were they were introduced as a slave race and that was about it mm-hmm. the, the the devil became the overshadowing presence of uh the impossible planet in a satan pit back in series two um the ood didn't really have a chance to shine on their own and this was a story to tell not just let's bring back the monster and make mm-hmm. the main threat be something else that's controlling them because even though it is you know, the Ood brain dishing out orders to most of them to just be rabid and red-eyed and then to Ood Sigma to be the Ood Alpha and just be the smart boy playing the long game. Um, they wanted to tell this this Ood story. And yeah, watching it again, it's like this This could have been a much grittier, much darker episode of who to really make the Ood stand out mm-hmm. as their own thing. It would have probably been a much more memorable episode to have played out in such a dark way some of the more experimental episodes of Who have worked the best. Sometimes yeah. they flop. I mean, Love and Monsters was a flop. Yeah, but that's because even it was though, a children idea uh, transpired into a kind of semi... I get well, that one because it the, was a the creature, the, the creature itself, not so much. I think the way that they executed it with Peter yeah. Kay and shagging a paving slam mm. and so on. Like, I, I, I'm still Elton. in the process of writing a, a, a piece and doing a video about Love and Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um things like uh, sleep no more i'm looking forward to going back and watching again i want to do a video on that that's the one with the sandman with peter capaldi you probably won't remember it it's the one that's all found footage um it was a really interesting direction for doctor who to go in and it fell flat on its ass Mm. but then on the flip side blink midnight yeah some of the best episodes of who ever created and they were going down a very different route to what they were used to so Uh experimentation it's, a, it's always a risk, but sometimes it can pay off. Sorry. No, no, I th- go. I think one of my favourite experimental episodes is... Um, 
Oh, God, I literally can't remember the name of it, but it's Matt Smith, Amy and Rory, and it's the... Is it the little boy Alfie, or what's his name? Night Terrors. Night Terrors, where she turns into the doll. That's such a good experimental, like, scenario to be in, because it's all in the mind of this little alien boy. But... It's such a creepy, hard... Like, I literally am terrified of that episode. And You're dreading like, watching that one again, uh, aren't you? I mean, I love it, but also, like, I'm literally like, <laughs> creepy callies. Um, but, yeah, so some things like that can work, but this just didn't feel like it pushed the boat out enough. It was very... Like, we got that tease near the beginning of, oh, Warehouse 15, etc. Um, but it didn't really feel like you had this any idea of who the Ood were or like you said we didn't really get much introduction to them during the Satan pit and we still didn't get much introduction to them all we know about them is they are a slave race who have been adapted to be this like you know technological sort of slave hive mind thing but they're a hive mind anyway and you've just and it was just like it was a bit flat and a bit odd it was kind of like you don't really have that they pushed back on the original scripts from from Keith Temple mm. to because they were too dark. But it's like I think that would have worked. It obviously the darkness got toned down and the jokes got added in and it kind mm-hmm. of there's there's a there's a baseline there. It's not an overtly offensive episode in terms of just generally no. being bad. I don't mean offences in you know slavery yeah. and stuff. But like it's not bad. It's but it's an like easy this episode. Watch. This episode could have been even better. And as much as the Ood did get accepted into sort of who hearts um, across the fandom, you know, you you gotta love seeing the Ood. They're just this. There's this really lovely race. They're amazingly designed. The the actual animatronic heads are very very good for the time. Um, they are you know they're they're a, they're a childhood memory of a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of people who enjoy the show. So this could have been that episode to really nail them down as. Uh, like legend status to have one of the darkest, one of the saddest uh, mm. sort of technically villain arcs uh, in, in Doctor Who. Planet of the Ood could have been, you know, dare I say it, that sort of drawing parallels to obviously slavery that we know in in uh, much older times but even down to things like concentration camps mm-hmm. um, and, and, and alluding I mean, the back to things like that. And I mean, the Doctor vaguely mentions it where he goes like, who do you think made your clothes? And that was another kind of weird interaction that I felt didn't really land. Like, Especially the, since it get like the Doctor brushes it off so easily when Donna yeah. like, takes offence to it. Yeah, I mean, it's very much like he, she's like, oh, the human race and his slaves and he goes, oh, it's not that different from your time. And she goes, oi, watch it. And he goes, who do you think made your clothes? And she's like, blah, 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 don't take a pop at me kind of thing. And that's it. That's the, the only The doctor commentary. should have said, well, I'm not wrong, am I? Yeah, no, that's the only commentary we get on it. And he sort of goes, all right, sorry. And she just goes, spaceman, as if it's just a little joke. And it's kind of like, yeah, but Again, I think tr- I think that was the, that is the bit where they had to tone it down. Because mm. I think maybe in his original script, that was much more of a who made you clothes. And she kind of goes, oh, and he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, it's, it's dark, but... Like I said, Doctor Who sometimes does its best by pushing the boat out. And, you know, it's gotten away with with some visual stuff that's a bit nasty that, again, we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, why not push to, to do something like that? I mean, Rosa in, in Series 11 yeah. did a lot in terms of just showing it how it was. Like mm-hmm. Ryan getting bitch slapped by that guy for picking up that woman's hat. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, that was how black people were treated back then. The rest of the episode was... 
not great. Um, but you know, they they went full out on it. They didn't hold back, and it's like but good. The bits that worked well you. about that episode were the historical elements, not the alien. Not the alien of the that was. I don't even remember what his arc what was. It's so things. dumb. Who knows? But like, this episode could have been so much better if they really went into look at how terrible humans are. Mm-hmm. Look at how much the Ood is suffering. Are you at all surprised they're fighting mm. back? Because you're kind of in this weird position by the time you get to the end. Obviously, you're on the you are on the side of the Ood because you, you know the way that the, the scenes with the Doctor and Donna and the 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 unprocessed Ood in the cage, um, Ood Sigma showing support for what they're doing. But, you know, the, the Doctor Donna friends um, peril section mm-hmm. works perfectly because it's perfectly mm-hmm. set up and perfectly resolved. Mm-hmm. The other bits not so much. They're a lot more forced. Like you, you, you're kind of left in this weird position by the end. It's like, who am I? Like, really, who am I rooting for? Is it really rooting for the Ood, or are they planning an uprising to take over, or are they planning an uprising for their freedom? Mm. They should have lent more into you need to be siding with the Ood here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, there isn't much of a question by the time you get to the point where Doctor and the Doctor and Donna and Ood Sigma make it into into uh, Warehouse Fifteen. Fifteen. Then. You know, fair enough, but I think they should have lent into that a lot sooner, made it a lot heavier. I mean, the fact that you have the when all the the buyers get murdered by the mm-hmm. Ood and you've got that bloke who's being a prick, he's like, oh, no, we make different mm-hmm. colours, and then he, you know, gets a sphere to the face. Lean into that, yeah. Like that, I think that would have made this episode so much more heavy hitting and really putting across the the narrative that. Keith Temple wanted to do mm. and solidifying the Ood as this race that you needed to care for. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Right. So obviously Ood Sigma playing the long game, turning what's his face into an Ood, all good. Yeah. But who was the so the guy that died like first first thing in the episode was obviously in charge of this facility, bloody bloody blah. Yeah. But how long has Ood Sigma been involved with this guy? And who is he? Like, is he in charge of the whole operation? Like, I would assume top, Mr. Top Halpin dog? is the top of the chair because he did say, like, oh, I've had to fly in all the way here to do this. Yeah. Like, he's so, like, he's the guy who's been sitting behind his desk at Ood Topmost Headquarters beating mm. his dick and drinking hair tonic. So, like, that's all the dude does until things go wrong. Yeah. So I see so matey who died... for a while, right? Ood Sigma's been at his side for a long time, mm-hmm. and that's probably why the, the, the brain was like, well, this guy's the closest to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to give him all the beans to, to get stuff done. Yeah. Hence why, as the doctor says, the patience and the intellect from the brain got focused into Ood Sigma... Hence why he's the top mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone else just got the rabid red eye, let's just kill people. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... Especially since he just goes straight into his office and they don't really give him much of a... Introduction. Um, introduction. Like, if they turned around... Maybe, maybe I missed the line, but if they turned around and said, you know, the head of the head of the, the facility has just been murdered by an ood, then it's why I've had to get you in, sir. No, like, they didn't. He, should, he, uh, be like, he just kind I of comes be, up and you know, goes. I should be sipping cocktails and shagging nude women or something at this point, not here on a cold planet and yeah. drinking air tonic. You know. I tell you what, one thing I did enjoy though, a very kind of like throwaway point in the middle 
was when she was demonstrating the different voices that the Ood could have, like the normal voice or the comedy voice, she goes to the middle one and she goes, something for the gentleman? And he goes, oh, it's lovely to see you. And Donna's eyes could not roll any higher. Like, And I quite enjoyed that tiny little like few seconds of acknowledgement that it's kind of like, oh, for God's sake, we're in 41, whatever it is, and we're still being sexist pricks. Like... <laughs> But, I mean, it goes to show that in Doctor Who canon, it may be 4126, but Fox still hasn't cancelled The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, literally. Dan, Dan Castellaneta is full <laughs> Futurama head in a jar and he's sick to death of annoyed grunts. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I wonder, I, I, wonder if, I wonder if the BBC had to get any kind of licensing for that. Probably. I know that it's just a throwaway joke. Oh, they would have done. The Fox Network, I'm sure they'd have absolutely come down to the BBC for something like that. Did Fox own Simpsons back then? Yeah, yeah. Fox oh, right. has always, uh, Simpsons has always been part of oh, Fox. Oh, yeah, no, it's Disney that owns Fox now, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. Disney owns everything. <laughs> and they make it very clear that Disney owned The Simpsons and they try to play it off like they're still mocking Fox like they were in the 90s. And it's like, guys, guys, come on. It's been 30 years. Just yeah. give it up. Yeah. Just give it up, man. We'll start the uh, Escaping Springfield Simpsons podcast uh, at some point in the future. <laughs> no, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> I know nothing so about Simpsons, really. I'll just sit here and talk to myself about it then. Yeah, sure. I, I hope not? you all enjoy Escaping Springfield. That'll be fun. Um, speaking, you know what, actually, on the crane stuff, we had one of the, the more substantial CGI chase sequences in, in Doctor Who. And you know what? I think apart from the wobbly establishing shot, because mm-hmm. when you when the Doctor and Donna first enter that that warehouse, um, that warehouse full of things, there's a re- there's like a like a spray painted number on one of the um, uh, shipping containers ca- containers on the left. And if you watch it and go back, you can see a really wobbly transition of where they've masked in and tracked in the matte painting behind them. So that was a bit wobbly. I'd never seen that before until today. However, the scene of the Doctor being chased by the crane claw was actually pretty good. There was actually one shot that when I was watching it, I was thinking, do you know what? That almost looks like they got a physical prop in for that particular shot. So I was quite surprised at mm. that. When especially yeah. since Was that when he was laying right on the floor, did you say? It was towards it was towards the end. You just see it very briefly in the back of the shot and it looks like it's actually a physical prop. Oh, see, I thought that when he was laying down on the floor and it was coming down from the ceiling towards him, it did look almost physical. I was kind of like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Is it physical? Is it not physical? Well, like, that was quite a good sequence. Like the actual, pre- the, the execution of that sequence, but of course we've already covered the fact that we're like... Mm. <laughs> I quite like the way he was like parkouring off of the... Uh, I bet parkour. David had a great time parkour. doing that. It's <laughs> like, just pretend, pretend you're being chased by a crane that can pick Giant up things crane. like 10 times your size. I can size. just imagine the director off screen going, roll, David, roll! And he's like... <laughs> oh, that wasn't David. That 100% oh, wasn't David. Oh, absolutely not. But, you know, same diff. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so we get to... Let's just sort of jump to the end and we have the Ood brain. I think they've done a very good job of setting all this up. Like I said, I think there's a baseline to it that works really well, that they just kind of had to... Uh, bastardized for lack of a better word for the mm-hmm. sake of toning it down for tv and throwing in the humor that you know you've got david and Catherine. the pair of them have worked together on projects a lot like before and after doctor who and obviously coming back to doctor who this year um they've done tons of stuff together so they work incredibly well and yet they had to force all these random bits in mm. weird um we get to the end and we have we finally see the ood brain uh for the first time 
the weird that that matte painting has got a really weird FOV. Yeah. The the wall with all it's the vents like, in it and stuff. It's almost it's like properly, a bit fish-eyed, but like inverted yeah, fish-eyed. They've it's kind really of pulled back the FOV on that render, so it looks really peculiar in when you look at the the field of view of the camera they used to mm. capture the live action stuff. So. But then yeah, I suppose a, they had to fit the whole thing in to give you the scale of the scenario. Yeah, and like, but it's like the second shot of it where it's a lot closer the perspective is perfect so mm-hmm. i feel like they maybe had to shoot a pickup one or they just had to or they didn't build enough of a 3d like scene mm-hmm. to accommodate for that wide of a shot so they just had to you know yeet out the, uh, the fov to fill in the space it looks a bit weird um and of course we have the doctor sorry dr Ryder, i should say mm-hmm. revealing himself as a friend of the ud he drops down the signal to make things worse and blah 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 blah, blah. and uh, old mr Halpin boots him into the brain just yeets um, him i'd forgotten how big the brain was i thought uh-huh. i didn't i don't remember it being as big as that um but then again when, it's when we sort first of like watched a perspective it. like because like you said the field of view is so far out you it doesn't look anywhere near as big and then he falls onto it and he's like this pipsqueak of a little man yeah like, some of mm, some of the continuity. shots of it they just they just look a bit but yeah also, the perspective's a bit how strange strong do you have to be to pick up a man by his coat and throw him over a banister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's the start. Especially, especially since uh, Mr. Halpern was already starting to go a bit wobbly because mm-hmm. of his uh, his transformation. And but this leads quite nicely into a question from Red Soul uh, on Twitter, who asks, how did we react to Dr. Ryder being consumed into the hive mind? Do you think it hurt? Uh, I mean, it looked a bit crap on the cgi side of things but uh <laughs> yeah and also it makes no sense for him to just get like eaten. smushed like, a brain doesn't open and no chompy chompy like that yeah, it it's... was weird it was kind of like he would surely just like be on top of it and be like how do i get out because yeah it just it was like oh i'm being absorbed by a brain okay Unless brains are different to human brains. Yeah, it would assumedly be a pretty soft landing. I think maybe what they could have done for that is they'd have shown him falling and then have cut to that low angle looking up at the fence and then it had a couple of flashes to show that he got like electrocuted mm-hmm. by that circle, for mm-hmm. example. Maybe that would have worked a bit better. Yeah, then I would you... say they'd have to cut back to see a fried doctor on the, on the <laughs> surface of the brain, but they could just not do that. At I... least it would be a more obvious death but i think they went down the gruesome route with it you almost kind of assume that the brain would want to be protecting itself from anything else that would want to stifle it or hurt it or anything like that so you would almost assume that it would use that electro field to kind of zap him before he reached the brain so that it wouldn't contaminate it maybe because you do wonder what effect it would have absorbing this guy into the brain i wonder if maybe because he was a friend of the ood that they kind of were like it'll be fine (laughs) they trend they transmit his consciousness into one of the fresh unharvested ood yeah that'd be weird i don't know it's it's quite strange but then we get to um mr halpin himself actually transforming into an and um, we we do have uh, a few questions uh regarding this uh in particular so steven on twitter asked um i've always wondered how no doctor noticed the man was slowly changing species so not necessarily uh, i mean he put it's not really a question but it's a good point mm. um it's not specifically the doctor just a doctor mm-hmm. um 
was he was he was transforming into another species. I mean, maybe he hadn't gone to a doctor during that time. We don't know what healthcare is like in forty one twenty six. It could be all AI and automated. He could just take or like shots to keep him healthy. Or... Well, I mean, mate, he's he's taking shots to to get his hair back mm-hmm. because you know maybe I can, you should I can, try it. I can vouch for this. <laughs> yeah, like he's so obsessed with his with his hair, and that's. Mm. That's the easy way for for Ud Sigma to be like. I'm, I wonder how that must have started. Ud well, Sigma's like, all right, Baldy, I've got something to help you here. Take this drink, and maybe. you're, you're going to look great. I mean, to be honest, with a man who seems to be so cocksure about himself that I'm sure will be super duper conscious about the mm-hmm. fact he's going bald, mm-hmm. he will take anything he can get. And I could, you know, I said I can vouch on this because I'm going bald. Y'all have seen it. Um, mm-hmm. However, I don't exist in the same val- uh, the same realm Vain. as Doctor Halpern yeah. because I don't care. I have accepted defeat on this, and we all have. While there are a lot of shut up, while there are a lot of <laughs> that's not wrong though. <laughs> like, shut up. Um, <laughs> while um, there are obviously lots and lots of products out there to to help you to 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 help you try and uh, escape baldness. Um, I personally have not gone down any route to do it. Even if it has been offered up to me on a silver platter, I'm going to have to segue <laughs> here. Because, right, I did, as you, as you as you may know, if you've been watching my videos on YouTube, back when I reviewed uh, Legend of the Sea Devils, I did a sponsorship on it from Surfshark. And it was like, it was okay. Um, it was a bit of an interesting uh, aftermath of that particular sponsorship for various reasons. I won't go into, into specifics, but I got paid and I'm not doing it again not interested um but i had this guy messy he, he emailed me he messaged me on instagram i don't know if he got a hold of me on twitter as well i don't know but he was properly keeping the pressure on because he has a hair clinic and he was like oh you know love your content it's like right sure, sure okay and he's like you know we can do a little you know help each other out you can know you can promote my my work and what i do on your youtube channel and I can help you with your problem. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been meaning to like tweet about this for ages, but I'm like, do you know what, dude? Not everybody sees it as a problem. That's the thing. I'm like, look, yes, it's very obvious that I'm going bald. And I'll tell you what, if I ever see pictures of me from the back now, I don't reel like I used to. Like, it really doesn't bother me anymore. It is what it is. Thanks, dad. But, <laughs> you know... It doesn't bother me. And the idea that it's a problem and he just kept hounding me about it. He literally got a picture of me off Instagram and he photoshopped in he like did. proper like Josh Brown as well. Josh Brown hair. Awful. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? This isn't gonna sell me on flying to Turkey and going to your hair clinic I in mean, exchange for some YouTube sponsorship. Bold like, of what? him to assume that you are so self-conscious that yeah. you need to have hair. Like, you're... I feel like masculinity is not attached to hair follicles. I would just like to say that for Mate, everybody out if there. if it's attached to hair follicles, I'm masculine to within, like, the top 1% of well, all men. I just mean, not on my head. Literally. <laughs> I kind of feel like there are so many people out there who suit boldness that literally don't give a damn about why... Exactly. Like, why would you care? Well, it's not... It doesn't pertain to your person. And I know that it can be an issue for people and I'm not 
brag like bagging on people that are self-conscious for any reason you no, do no. you like if if you're worried about hair loss and that's something that causes you angst then like you have free liberty to do what you want to make yourself feel better but for you personally he shouldn't be shoving it down your throat that you it's should the assu- think it's, it's just the problem. assumption and yeah. the fact that he's like I'm going to help you with your problem. It's like, since when have I turned around on any platform and said, my hair I'm losing my hair, it's a problem. Mm. Like, seriously, dude, not everyone thinks in that same way. And the fact that he kept hounding me about it, like, oh, did you get my nice email? Oh, did you get my message? It's like, I don't, mate, if I've not responded to you, in case it hasn't been very, very made abundantly clear by the radio Go silence away. on my side, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Please leave me alone. I know that I could also say that to him, but it also kind of opens the dialogue of, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Just leave me alone. It's not a problem. Shut up. Don't turn me into a mood. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So the se- the second part of this is obviously the fact that Matey Boy does indeed transform. And I obviously, wonder, yeah. sorry, going yeah. back to your no. original point. I wonder if it started because, you know, you said Ood Sigma's playing the long game. I wonder if, to start with, he fed him hair loss tonic to be like, oh, do you fancy just, some of this? Just like, to play with him. Yeah, just, just put to put it mess in his drink. With him. Just this, just that, like giving him water and being like, there you go, and it had hair loss tonic in it. So then he could be like, here, have this hair tonic. And just like, that would not surprise me in the Ood Sigma, like, you know, that meme of the the dude with the muscles and the massive chin mm-hmm. like that's like Ood, Ood Alpha <laughs> like here he is pulling the wool over Ood Mr. Halpin's eyes Sigma big balls you know yeah. <laughs> Ood, Ood Sigma dick Wait. Yeah. Ood Sigma big brain just <laughs> he's good just, old wrinkly brain Ood Sigma balls Ood Sigma balls anyway <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a new that t-shirt just... so yeah so <laughs> mr halvan does his, his wee transformation sequence and um i'll tell you what peeling back his his skin that was vile. i remember when i first saw that and i was convinced because obviously the, the ood is a lot paler mm-hmm. and it's got the big crease down the middle of his head it does look a bit like a dick from the back like when you know when you see the back of an ood's head it just looks like a cock mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks a bit like that when i first saw that i thought He's literally peeling the flesh away to his skull. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, it's and great. You've got, it. you can see the hair follicles and the pinkness of the flesh beneath the skin. It's like that's actually pretty. That's pretty gruesome. I've got to give him that. It's and then it's followed up by the pretty wanky. I'm puking up some, uh, some tentacles. tentacles here, Intestines. which kind of works, kind of doesn't. It's like, yeah, I mean, okay. they they could have almost i know they wanted to get it across in a much more obvious way because obviously like you said when he peels off his skin you almost think he's like going down to his skull i guess they kind of wanted to make it very obvious that he was becoming an ood so they had to fit the tentacles in there somewhere yeah but yeah. you almost wonder whether they could have done the peel thing have it cut back to a shot of like dr Adonna looking all like weirded out and then he pops up from the bottom of the frame and he is ood it would kind of would have done the same thing again they kind of lean into the body horror stuff i just kind of thought i was terrified he was going to break out into his own rendition of rock dj by robbie williams because that oh music video God, used to scare hideous. me to death if anybody hasn't seen the music I video for that, that. I was, I mean, I, I've said this before, I was a massive wimp as a kid. So seeing Robbie Williams like peel his flipping skin oh, off God, on, on, in that music video, I hated that. Could you just imagine that? Like, oh, I'm going to have to edit this now. He, he leans down <laughs> to pull his head and you say, boom, dum, boom, dum, boom, dum, boom. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, he's breaking out to Robbie with Ood Sigma. There's that, I mean, the, gif, the gif of Ood Sigma dancing I used on the tweet with this. It's yeah. just rock DJ all over again. Oh my goodness Incredible. me. 
I mean, Nathan on Twitter asks, what's the more gruesome transformation, Mr. Halpin in this or Dr. Constantine from The Empty Child? Oh, there's That's no, a no question. Dr. Constantine takes it every time. I think if they'd have done something pretty nasty in a front-facing shot with Mr. Halpin like they did with Dr. Constantine, then I think it maybe would have been a hell of a lot scarier. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like if they kind of merged his mouth into his nose for a split second, he'd have a massive vagina on his face. <laughs> Maybe they did and they went, nah, sorry, it's too clitoral. That looks too much like we a can't. big clitoris. It's, no, sorry, vulva everywhere. No, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they could have got away with that. <laughs> Mr. Halpin, more like Mr. Clitface. Hey, look, it's punched lasagna energy. <laughs> it's Planet floppy the- ham sandwich. <laughs> Planet of the gammon hangers. <laughs> Good gravy. I mean, there it's we go. beef curtains. <laughs> and there we go. There's the smut. You've been waiting for Put it. Put your favourite slang terms for revolver down in the comments below, peeps, because I want to know about it. <laughs> Tweet us at Cast and Pod with your favourite parallels. YouTube just your like, favorite... what is happening? Bam, bam, bam. What are all these ham sandwiches doing in the comments? <laughs> Ham salad, delicious. Oh, God. So, yeah, Mr. Halpin's transformation was, it was not bad. It's the part of the episode you always remember because it, it does kind of come out of left field because you never think it's that. Well, I don't you just know. Think I that, kind of forgot about it. You just think that old Sigma, Sigma Balls is just is just poisoning him. Old Sigma Really, Big don't Balls. you? Sigma yeah. Big Balls. He's, I mean, but instead, he's, he's turning him into a dude. Like, I forgot. Okay. I had to ask you, though, didn't I? I was kind of like, what is he giving him to drink? And you were like, he's turning him into a dude, remember? And I was like, Vodka. no, I don't remember He's getting that. absolutely plastered. Getting um, wankered. And then, of course, you know, they all start singing and it's all lovely. And then, obviously, when they're all stood outside the tar, it kind of wraps up quite nicely. All the ships are coming home. The Ood are done ski. Hence why I think we only ever see the Ood in, in, in dribs and drabs from mm. here on out. Um, usually in, in a slightly less slavery thing and more just like, I'm helping out, I'm mm-hmm. quite happy. Mm-hmm. Kind of with, while obviously House in uh, The Doctor's Wife is a is a malevolent being, um, when he's with Tech Tayoon, for example, he seems quite happy. He's chilling, I'm sure they take care of him. I'm sure that the, uh, is it mother, is it aunt and uncle or mother and father in, in The Doctor's Wife as well as House and then uh, the, the woman who becomes... I think, it, I think, it, I I think don't it is know. aunt and uncle or something. I think it's I'm aunt sure, and uncle. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they treat him well. I'm sure they, they like him. Oh, yeah, because he's called Nephew, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, it is aunt and uncle then. Um, I'm sure they treat him well. So it's a nice ending for them. And then obviously they all they all raise their hands and they all have a nice little sing-song, uh, which which old Zappa fan uh, asks on Twitter, uh, the end scene, the little Ood mini Glastonbury as they sing for Donna. <laughs> Uh, uh, Cute, emotional, or sickeningly, sickeningly schmaltzy. Do you want to try that again? (laughs) Cute, emotional, or sickeningly schmaltzy. Schmaltzy is a great word. It is a great word. Um, It's like a bit of both. It's kind of this nice (laughs) send-off. All of the above. Yeah. It's kind of this nice send-off moment. Um, It's nice for um, Doctor and Donna to like hear that song because i know the doctor couldn't hear it throughout and it changes from the uh captivity song very somber freedom song um which is a really nice tune uh it's very well written is it murray gold that did the freedom song yes i believe so because we hear Um, it we hear it multiple times throughout the course of this Um, era but it also was a chance for them to do the whole the doctor donna your song is ending bloody bloody blah yeah um, which we know is kind of the very 
obvious. The doctor done the doctor done blah, 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 blah. Um, so that was a very apt description, wasn't it? Blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was all right. I mean... Yeah, I get. I think I would still stand by. I think that, that particular scene, I never saw it as, as overtly schmaltzy. Um, I can understand why you could construe it as being a bit, eh, it's a bit cringe. Mm. But I think if, again, if they'd have gone down the direction of let's show how much humanity sucks and how much you guys need to be feeling for the ood, that moment of relief when they get to sing their old little hearts out um, would would hit a lot better if they were given that opportunity throughout the course of the episode. It still works as it ends, but it could have potentially been a bit, it could have hit harder if they'd have, framed the episode differently mm. sorry i so. just had to google the definition of schmaltzy because i've literally what is never it, heard that word before you've it's, never heard the word schmaltzy no not really it's excessively sentimental is what it yeah. means so um, basically our wedding day uh, grim <laughs> we'll have a nice schmaltzy evening <laughs> afterwards <laughs> gonna go for, i'm gonna go full ood on you uh, <laughs> You're not. Not with them tentacles, you're not. Bloody hell, I don't want them flipping about me vulva. I don't want no this vulva on vulva action. I'll, I'll start cooling, calling it my little ood now. <laughs> no, thank you. There you go, gents, Grim. if that's how you want to uh, impress your woman. No, thank you. She opens her legs and goes, Wow, Mr. Halpin, nice to meet you. Wow, ood I, to ood. I see that hair loss tonic is working pretty well. Hmm, from one vulva to the other. <laughs> oh, God. Right, let's let's answer a few more questions on Twitter, shall we? Uh... <laughs> Sorry, to YouTube. Sorry if you ban us, it's fine, but like... <laughs> I'm sure that the uh, the old uh, matey at YouTube HQ is not listening this far through. Mm, as I soon as you got to punch lasagna, they were out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jedi Spartan on uh, Twitter. Are there any monsters, villains, species from the original Russell T. Davies era you hope to return in Series 14 and beyond? Honestly, uh, for that, I mean, just based on what we've been talking about, I mean, that's a wider question for, for the era. I like seeing the Ood crop up just mm. in in practice, as long as they're not being whipped and, and beaten and abused. Like, they're a nice, they're a lovely creature. You just want to give one a hug. Mm-hmm. Provided it doesn't have red eye. sloppy, but... <laughs> I'm not kissing it. No, but like, do you imagine not imagine giving, that like, they're French like... French kissing an Ood, there's like 15 tongs in Do you not mouth. imagine that their tentacles are just like a bit wet? Like that's how I picture it because the sound like stirring of stirring a pot of mac and cheese. No, but it is like the sound of that that one eating that guy on the floor that sounded like Zoidberg oh, yeah, was very sloppy. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I just uh, just how to ruin Planet of the Ood? Replace every Ood line with the with line Zoidberg. from Zoidberg oh. in, the, in the Futurama. A buffet. Oh, <laughs> if only I brought my, my wallet. wallet. Uh, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh my goodness um, me i don't need an answer to that question i don't know um <laughs> uh i feel like there's been so many recurrent enemies in all of doctor who that it's hard to kind of nail down one that that should come back because if they've been a one-off i feel like it's for a reason because they just haven't hit as well like obviously we know the dialects come back the cybermen come back the weeping angels this is they've just they've been the weeping angels is exhibit now. as i've always said is um, exhibit a of you don't always need to bring villains back when, yeah. when they when they did a one and done and did so well the so, ood the ood needed this story because mm-hmm. they were overshadowed by the devil before mm-hmm. so and you know like you know the santarans have been done several times and speaking of which yeah uh, there's all sorts of kind of elements of repetitive monsters that work well and ones that don't. 
So I haven't really got any preferences. We know that the Daleks and the Cybermen will probably make reappearances at some point. Yeah, just um, a bit. That's just inevitable with Doctor Who, really. Uh, but there's nothing that I would sit there and go, oh my God, I'm so glad they brought this monster back. Um, yeah. Because it's like just... Like I said, any kind of nod to to this and the Uda are perfect, you can just have them there because... Mm-hmm. You can. Like, there's canonically, it makes sense if they've got, you know, you've got a bunch of people and they've got an ood. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? It's like going to the uh, shelter and getting the really old cat just to give it a nice home. Oh, baby. Do that with an ood. Maybe we should call our cat ood. No. No. What if it's got a horrible deformity and has weird vagina face? Then we're not calling it ood. That's more offensive. <laughs> if poor cat toes, how dare you? <laughs> But that actually ties quite nicely into Duckling's question, which is, would you like to see the Ood return in the new in the new series? Yeah. And what's your favourite Ood story? What's your favourite Ood story? What, I think there's the only two. I, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, it actually, would, it would be, like, Satan Pit. Impossible Planet yeah. Satan Pit, yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. it's just a much better, well-rounded story arc, I think. I think, Ood, I think Planet of the Ood would have beaten it if, again, they'd have gone down a much darker route, which I'm sure is what was originally intended, mm. but they had to tone it back for TV and the BBC getting in the way. And children. Yeah, children. And yet, Matey Boy just peels his skull off. Because, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. But Amy did a nice little segue there, because, of course, we do have the Sontaran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. Oh, yeah, it's a two-parter. Coming up next. It is a two-parter with the Atmos system. Uh, even though you're saying Atmos system system, but, you know, yeah. whatever. What it's like, have, I was watching... We have in... units. Units are back in a big way it's... Uh, for the first time in New Who, I think. Saying Atmos system is like when we watched Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse yesterday and it was Chai-Tea. You're basically saying TT. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> Thankfully not across the Spider-Verse spoiler, but go see it. It's amazing. Oh, it's really um, good. And of course we have Martha Jones back because, you know, there was no no doubting that Freema Adjumba was going to be back mm-hmm. for this series. Mm-hmm. And then I've just reminded myself that after after this two-parter, it's the, it's the Doctor's daughter. Oh. Because obviously Martha's, Martha's with them for that episode. Oh, yeah. Which... Oh, I like yeah, that episode. I do as well. So, yeah. Okay. And it's not just because we're looking at Georgia Moffat. No. But I mean, good, good on you, David. And then, I mean, I, mean yeah, I was going to say they've both done well for each other. <laughs> Having your wife play your daughter, oh, kink. And, and, and herself being the daughter of Peter Davison, mm-hmm. the Fifth Doctor, mm-hmm. wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. But that is going to be next time. Uh, that means here on at least if the next episode is a two-parter, if we're still crap and can't do a lot, at least it saves us a bit of like ball ache because we're doing two episodes in one. Sure, you get double your money so we can take twice as long to record it. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we don't anyway. No, but I think we, we're in a good position, I think, to actually get at least a couple of these episodes in over the you next might, couple of weeks. So we're, we're going to really wedding, stick to it. You might hear from us twice more. I'm sure we might be able to get one or two more in. I'm not going to push it much further than that. Stay tuned tuned to the old Twitter at Castapod. Uh, And also, if you haven't already, please go onto my YouTube channel. Just search for me and watch my video about Doctor Who the Rides. Because I spent an absolute bloody age on that. And Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of it. The reaction has been really, really positive. So thank you if you have watched it. If you haven't... Please go to my YouTube channel and watch what if what if Disney made a Doctor Who ride. Because trust I had me, this idea. He spent I spent ages making it. Ages without me up in his office, just going hi, oh, I love you, bye, and just leaving me on my own for days on end. So if you do what one I've created, feel my sorrow and please just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Make all the time I spent abandoning Amy worth it. Trust me, it's a really good video though, and well, I'm, I know you. I'm biased, but it is really good. 
I mean, she's I'm not. not. She, if, she, if I made a bad video, she'd tell me. If it was crap, I'd be like, Rich, do you really think that's worth it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he gets me to vet all his videos before he posts them most of the time. Yeah, true. So I would just sit there and be like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go do that if you if you haven't already. And Amy, where can they find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Ames underscore Elizabeth. You can find me on most platforms at PickupChangeToe. Perhaps not Twitter if Elon continues to be a complete bellend and start to keep screwing things up. I mean, I want to look at I want I don't want to look at less than six hundred tweets a day. You twat. Really, honestly. who cares about Twitter anymore? It's dying. Yeah, to death. I know. And Follow it me on Hive Social. Hive Social at PickupChangeToe. Not that go. you ever go on it. I mean, I I, I posted on it. I I posted on Hive yesterday, so oh. you know, Ooh. go follow me on Hive social if you're on Hive. Mastodon makes out. no bloody sense, but Hive's Hive's pretty straightforward. I mean, so go do that. But yeah, so hopefully we'll be back soon for the Sontaran stratagem and the Poison Sky. Oh, it means we get Bernard Cribbins <gasps> back. Yay! Big old Will. Yay! So yeah, please stay tuned for that. If you're listening on YouTube, then please do subscribe. If you are listening on Spotify, then use that little Q&A tab thing to throw in your questions for next time. Mm-hmm. But until we see you again, thank you so much for listening. Take care yeah. of yourselves. We will see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.